0: Have you ever wondered why some people get well while others get well and then go back and get sick again? Or perhaps even with addictions, they heal the addiction, but then they end up relapsing. Well, what if I told you that there was a way to better assure yourself that the healing journey would actually come back home? Today on the Sovereign Woman Movement Show and this week, We're gonna be talking about why some people do bring the healing circle fully home and why others do not. Sat Nam, wholeness, beautiful queens, welcome to the Sovereign Woman Movement Show where it is our mission to awaken the women of the world spiritually. How? By empowering them with the holistic tools that they need so that they can heal their inner child wounds, rewire the subconscious mind, and take their sovereignty back. I am Jyoti Rajip Kaur, and it is such an honor to be here with all of you, wholeness queens, for all of you that are listening live here on Instagram, Rukia, Christina, who else is on here? I can't see the rest of the list up here, but Satnam and God Morning, happy Monday, happy March to all of you. We're here March 2021, how exciting is that? I was uh, commenting to the beautiful goddesses of Satori this morning. We started our Monday, our March, with 6 a.m. Sadna, and I was commenting to them that uh, the first two months of 2021, I, I was reminding them that they were the going to be the toughest as it relates to energy, as it relates to change and fast, fast-moving change. We moved through some eclipse season, and last month in February, ladies, we had six different planets that were stationed in Aquarius. So that was a lot of energy of the future. Now we're moving forward, propelling forward. And as we move through the podcast this month, I'll share with you some of the cosmic energies you should be looking out for. For us yogis, kundalini yogis, we very much invite this time in as a time for detoxification and purification, which is what our theme is this month at Satori Wellness and Spirituality. We are just like plants, ladies. We need water and we need sun. And we also need to learn to purge and clear and detoxify, especially from the winter. And not only just from the foods that we eat and the substances that we consume, but also from our thought systems, our thought patterns, because the last two months really have put pressure on moving forward into this new life. So you may have been experiencing a lot more self doubt. You may have been experiencing a lot more lower levels of self-esteem which is understandable as you're moving into a new life right and so march is going to allow us to really cleanse purify and align align with our highest purpose, align with all of the magic because there are so many miracles that are already being downloaded as well as that are going to be available for us. There's incredible cosmic energy. On the 4th of March, there's a huge opening portal of energy where it feels like the new year because to the cosmic um, calendar, the astrological calendar, this is the the beginning of the new year. So this is a time of, of planting those seeds so that you're able to harvest them. And so that's why we're purifying and detoxifying at I just came out of a last week a four-day very very intense uh, kundalini yoga therapist training and one of the things that we were looking at and as a therapist it's, it's very very uh, different than taking the approach as an actual just a teacher with therapy training it's an actual a two-year program that I'll be part of but each of the modules it unpacks so much and it allows me to work specifically now with those that have illnesses serious illnesses like cancers or even hiv or aids or or diabetes or things of that nature also mental instabilities such as depression anxiety and trauma and uh, these last four days just the way in our, my kuddli yoga teacher training it forced me to face myself uh, as much as we do a lot of talking in our classes with uh, with the training a lot of it is going home and integrating uh, sadness, doing specific meditations. We we practiced a meditation in our training that was two and a half hours long, ladies. Whew, when I came out of that, I didn't even know who I was. I was just in a whole other dimension. It's called the Master's Touch meditation, and it just really gave me perspective of, of the shadows that I still was not able to accept. Made me move into definitely a feeling of the dark night of the soul where everything was coming up, which was the same thing that happened when I went through Kundalini yoga teacher training. And I can, I can understand why it's so important. I was reminded again, because as a teacher, we're always told to make sure that we are always in high frequency, that we're cleansed, that we're purified because you know, our nervous systems attach to each other. So I don't want my nervous system has to be stronger than my students because I don't want to, I want to lift them up. I don't want to bring them down. Right. But as a therapist, it even goes at a deeper level. And, and we looked at the difference between a therapist and even a healer. And this is something that I was speaking to the beautiful goddesses this morning in Sadhana. This is one of the reasons also we are purifying and detoxifying because there's a, a as a therapist, you're working through the technology, you're using specific the science behind it and thankfully there's a lot of research that has been done since the 1980s which I'm going to share a little bit about with you today on why we really don't heal but more than that you know as a healer you you move into this level of you have raised your frequency so that you have become so purified So in your satnam acceptance fully of all that you are aware of your shadows, that the divinity that God herself can actually work through you. So it's not you that is a healer. It's the energy, the essence that's coming through you as a vessel that is cleansed to be able to serve a community to be able to serve others. And we all have these capabilities. You don't have to go through Kundalini Yoga therapist training to do this. We, especially inside of our community, we have the tools. You integrate the work, you can cleanse and purify yourself so that the divinity can work through you. And, you know, my teachers, just to give you an idea, my teachers are, uh, they're, both of them are from Australia this time around, but they're doctors. One of them has a full clinic in Australia. All of them are Kundalini Yoga therapists. And they've been through Western or traditional medicine school as well and another doctor that I admire tremendously is the doctor that actually wrote this book that I've used a lot in my own experience personal experience and as also as far as what I teach others which is uh, David Shanahaf Khalsa he wrote this book called Sacred Therapies and then this is a kundalini yoga manual for mental health and he himself this is he's a professor that teaches at UCSD he's actually part of the uh, California Association of Psychotherapy and he himself in the book shares how he was able to put these recipes that will then allow others to heal. And the way he would, did that was through the guidance of the tantric master, Jogi Bhajan, who brought these teachings from the East to the West. He's passed away, so he's in the subtle world, but also his connection to Guru Ramdas. Guru Ramdas is, uh, is uh, in the centerfold of our lineage of the um, sorry, of the Kundalini Yoga lineage. And so he, through his own purification and cleansing, was able to connect to the divinity to then download the recipes that were needed to create this manual that is now being studied at UCSD, at Berkeley, at universities like Stanford, because it is so effective, effective as it relates to healing mental health disorders. So when you purify the vessel, when you are conscious of what you are integrating as far as food, substances, thoughts, thought patterns and motions, then you yourself can become a vessel for the divinity. And you can experience this when others come around you, you know, instead of leaving more sad and depressed, they leave more uplifted. And that is because of the nervous system. Scientifically, we know that they attach to each other. So if you are a coach, if you're a healer, if you're a leader in your company, if you're a leader in your home, which all women, we are the leaders in our home. And if we are not in our satnam and the whole structure around us falls apart. This is why it's so important for us to really understand why do some people fully heal while others don't? And that's one of the things that I learned this for in these last uh, week that really opened up my eyes as to why, even myself, why have I been able to transcend so many dark nights of the soul and still move forward while others, during the first tragic thing that happens to them, they're basically in a corner and they're basically feeling victimized, or they're basically feeling scared and not able to take action upon their life. So that's what we're going to talk about today, specifically in this week, we're going to talk about why do some people actually heal while others don't? Why do some people go back to their habits, to their behaviors? Why do some people relapse? It's very sad and unfortunate that during a time where there's so much chaos, there are so many more people they're not talking about the truth that so many people are going through addiction and relapse. And I can even explain that to you scientifically so you understand it right now. So if you have more compassion for yourself and you have more compassion for others that may also be going through a serious illness or maybe a serious addiction. So let's go ahead and get into it and talk about it today specifically. There is this term that was coined by a Stanford psychologist that we learned about that is part of our training as therapists, as Kundalini yoga therapists. So it's a lot of science, a lot of uh, theories, a lot of psychological um, uh, theories, things that have to do with the mind, obviously. <clears throat> and so this specific professor, uh, he talked about, He his name is Albert Bandura. You can look him up, Albert Bandura. He is a psychologist from Stanford. And he came up with this uh, term, this uh, verbiage that is known as self-efficacy now please let me know in the comments if you're listening here live or even in the podcast if you have ever heard of self-efficacy self-efficacy is literally the direct pathway of those that do heal fully and those that do not and this is what the Stanford uh, professor realized as it relates to those that were healing So what we looked at, uh, one of the things that you'll want to understand about kundalini yoga uh, technology is that Yogi Bhajan brought it in the 60s to the West. And he realized that a lot of people were going through serious addictions of uh, uh, drugs, as well as serious mental health instabilities and just so many other problems. Well, in the 1980s, they had a center in Los Angeles and Yogi Bhajan taught a lot from there and he had teachers there. Well, in the late 1980s, <clears throat> there was a big epidemic of the virus of of the HIV AIDS virus. <clears throat> and a lot of the students that would come to Kundalini yoga class, they would actually uh, start to get better. They would improve their uh, uh, health, and they noticed that during even though the doctors during that time would tell them that their life expectancy was only eighteen to twenty four day uh, a, year, a month. I'm sorry, eighteen to twenty four months. That these people that were integrating kundalini technology were actually living longer they were living three years but then after three years they started to notice that a lot of the students were actually dying they were prolonging the inevitable it's almost like the uh the pills that we take the pharmaceuticals you know they just put a band-aid on it and then they don't really heal the person right and we know that with hiv and aids there's really no cure there's just a way for you to actually learn to live with it right and learn to not let it kill you well yogi bhajan and the teachers that were teaching at that point they didn't want to accept that they wanted to help people fully heal they wanted to not just prolong the inevitable and during that time there was not a lot of research on yoga therapy and there wasn't even a yoga therapy program but through yogi bhajan's teachings they decided to then create a lot of research with these students that were coming in very sick so they did research and they figured out that it wasn't just the hiv uh, patients or aids uh, patients that it was all across the board people that had cancer people that had serious mental health issues due to trauma people that had diabetes there was one factor that was common in those that did not get well 100 and even with hiv what i mean by getting well is that you're able to live long a long life and not die from HIV or AIDS. Perhaps you die of something else, but you're able to basically um, live a beautiful, healthy life regardless of that disease. And so what they realized is that self-efficacy was the number one factor that was low in those that do get better 100% of the time and those that don't. So what is self-efficacy? A lot of people confuse self-efficacy with self-esteem because when I describe it to you, it may even sound a little like that, but it is very different because self-efficacy has to do with the belief system that your actions, that the actions that you take will make an impact on your life and on your health specifically. So it's almost like you went to the doctor and the doctor gave you a pill and then you went home and you believed that the pill was going to make you better. So then you took the action of taking the pill so that then in in turn you would get that result, right? Well, when it comes to serious illnesses, it gets even tougher. But then also when it comes to meditation, think about meditation and, and kundalini yoga. You know, a lot of the times you would come to the class, you practice the meditation and you don't feel anything happening immediately, right? Or you have never practiced meditation and you sit in meditation and you feel that it was a horrible meditation because you believe that meditation should be you being in a coma, that you should have no thoughts. Right. And this is where the self-efficacy drops the belief system that holistic approaches like meditation may work, may not be high for you. And the reason is, is because first of all, you may not, you may believe you're not a good meditator, which there's no such thing. You also may have never seen anyone meditate before, or perhaps you have never even heard that meditation is actually a path to healing. So all those three components already drop your level of self-efficacy as it relates to healing in that particular matter, right? So what they realized through the study, it was eight years of studies of just uh, students with serious health conditions. They started to uh, experience, they started to experiment with different meditations, and they found one meditation specifically, which is the one that we're practicing for 40 days at Satori. This morning was our first day of the 40-day meditation challenge that we are doing to increase your self-efficacy. They discovered that 100% across the board, Anybody who practice this specific meditation, their levels of self-efficacy increased tremendously in all three areas specific to being able to really, really believe that your actions actually make an impact on your health. of the times, just by practicing this specific meditation once. So they began to do their own research, their own uh, yoga research. And that's how the Kundalini Yoga Therapy program developed. Because they were applying the specific science, the technology to those that were really, really ill. And then they would take the data and they would research and they would put together specific meditations, specific kriyas that then they now use for very ill, serious people, because it's a very different type of class when you go to a regular Kundalini yoga class than a therapeutic Kundalini yoga class, which now I'm teaching both inside of Satori Wellness and spirituality. Very different approach, very different uh, even mentality as as, as delivery. And so the research proved to them that with this meditation, they were able to increase the self-efficacy within the patient, which then that person believed that the actions that they were doing, which was the meditation or the breathing or the yoga would make an impact in their life. So what did that do? Number one, it helped them stay consistent. It helped them come back to class because they started to believe within themselves that they were the answer. They were the solution, right? So that's great. They were able to stay consistent with the work and actually do it. And number two, they got better they actually healed completely and they did not go back to the old behaviors because that's the problem a lot of times you know people that have a heart attack or have diabetes or have all these different illnesses the tough part is is that they may have a heart attack going to the hospital the doctor says you need to remove all of these things from your life And sadly, they go right back into the same habit. So, of course, then the heart attack is inevitable. The self efficacy was low because we didn't deal with the mind. We didn't deal with the psychology. We didn't believe, we didn't deal with their belief system of them even believing that they could get better. And as a therapist, what my role is, is to be able to see that in others as well, to be able to see the potential, to be able to see the future of their health, to be able to hold the space so that they can believe it as well. So self-efficacy is a very important aspect as it relates to accomplishing and being successful in life and everything, if you think about it. And it has nothing to do with self-esteem. Self-esteem, you may think that you are an awesome person. And you're all this and that. But if you're not taking action, then it's just all talk and you really don't have self-efficacy, self-esteem. There's a lot of people, a lot of charlatans that are out on YouTube sharing how meditation, meditation, and then they don't even meditate or sharing all these different things that have helped them, but they don't even integrate them. That's just somebody who can talk, but not somebody who's actually teaching from experience. And you can, if you're hyper aware, you can call these people out very, very easily. You know, now we're really pulling the veil behind all of that. And we're seeing who, who, what the truth is. And so self-efficacy is something that we can actually increase within us. And there's three ways. This week specifically, I'm going to share with you three different ways how you can actually do this. Now, of course, for us this morning, all of us inside of my community, we, Shared something that we were purging or detoxifying from this entire month of March, and we were brave enough to say, "You know what? This is a thing that has been holding me back. This is a thing that I'm going to be sharing and clearing." Do you want to know why I'm why I am 100% sure that those that the women that did divulge something that they were going to commit to purging are going to be successful, including myself, because I also am purging tremendously, and I've shared with them exactly what it is that I'm purging from. But do you want to know why I'm 100% sure that they're going to be successful? Well, a couple of reasons, number one, and we're going to talk about them tomorrow and the next day, but they're going to have the support, of course, which is absolutely important. But the number one reason is because we actually have the tools. We practiced the meditation this morning. Remember, with AIDS patients, with cancer patients, with diabetes patients, they only had to practice the meditation once in order for them to start to actually increase the level of self-efficacy within them. So then if you have the energy work to support you, right, you have the meditation, which by the way, we talked about being compassionate with yourself and not pushing against life. We talked about practicing in 11 minutes a day, but if you feel comfortable only with five, then that is respectable and that you should trust your own experience. We don't want you to push through anything in life. Well, if they have the energy work to support them in this thing that they detached from that they're purifying from. It's inevitable that they'll be successful. That's how you combine. And that's how you actually don't go back into those old patterns and into those old habits. And especially if you have a specific meditation that has been researched for more than 15 years on the effects it has on your level of being able to increase the self-efficacy. So there's no room for error. There's no room for going back to those old ways and those old habits, which will then create the disease or the addiction or whatever that looks like. And even with addiction, I'm gonna explain it to you so you can just understand. I know we're not talking about addiction, but I really feel that this is important to know because this is a question that somebody asked me actually on Saturday. He was uh, explaining to me how one of his friends uh, or cousins actually had overdosed, unfortunately. And he didn't understand why, why some people become, are so heavily, easily addicted to things versus others are not. And I explained to him what happens as a child, you know, as we're growing up, this is, this is how our self-efficacy diminishes and how it is uh, literally gutted from our consciousness. As you are growing up as a child, if you are experiencing high levels of emotional trauma, physical trauma, even emotional trauma, it's just as, as uh, impactful. What's happening is that your brain is becoming deteriorated. It really is. Like I've shared with you before, there was a scan of a 10 year old young girl who hadn't had any physical abuse, but who had lived in a very inconsistent home. Uh, very uh, lots of emotional abuse and uh, neglect. And they took her to the doctor and her her uncle was actually a doctor. And he was able to actually scan her brain. And when he scanned her brain, this young girl, 10 years old, her brain looked like that of a 90 year old, a 90 year old. And the reason was, is because of all of the emotional abuse she had been put through. So think about it this way and think about the people that are heavily addicted, especially to substances that are really difficult to get away from typically those are people that have been through really serious things in their life. And usually it does come as a child. And so what happens is that if your brain is already physically deteriorated as a young child and you start to grow up and you start to not want to feel those emotions and you don't have the support system then the substances, the addiction, the drugs come into your way. Of course, you're going to want to numb them. If your brain is already physically deteriorated from the emotional trauma even one time of the substance or the drug can literally make you more susceptible to the addiction than someone who had never been through any emotional trauma because they have a healthy brain. So when you look at somebody with addiction, or you look at somebody with chronic illness, or you look at with somebody with, with uh, some kind of mental health instability, it's really important for us, or even if this is you, it's really important to have a lot of compassion. You know, 80% of healing is acceptance. And learning to accept people where they're at and learning to accept yourself where you're at is also a direct uh, correlated uh, energy as it relates to self-efficacy. Because we can't see what is happening in the brain, we judge. And we right away judge and say it is something to do with behavior, even illness. You know, I talked about that this morning inside of our group. We are a culture that right away starts to look at someone who's ill. And maybe you've even heard me say this before, which is why I really wanna clarify this. Of course, our thoughts and emotions create our reality. Our behavior absolutely creates an impact on what we experience in this world. But a lot of times as it relates to illness and as it relates to addiction, we need so much compassion because there are other factors that take a part into this, which include your environment, where you were born, your access to good food, your level of education, all of these different things are components that make an impact on your health. And so this is why it's so important to learn to have a lot of compassion for yourself. If you're feeling that you are in a low level of self-efficacy, where you're feeling that you don't believe that you can actually get better. Because like I've shared with you all before, most of my life, I didn't even think I could live a different life. It was like one thought one day that came to me that said, if you heal yourself, you heal yourself and others before and after you. And then when when I read that and Women Who Run With Wolves, I remember reading that, I thought to myself, I didn't even know I could actually heal. I was so programmed in the drama, in the lifestyle that I was in, that that thought didn't even ever cross my mind, that I could actually live a whole, full life. And so that's what I mean. It's these small shifts in, in, in consciousness that allow us to then create the belief systems around the fact that we can transform our lives, that we can change and that we can heal. That's the most important aspect. So when someone is not healing fully, when the disease continues to come back, when the addiction continues to come back, what we really need to work on is self-efficacy. We need to learn how to increase this naturally because let me tell you something, there's no pills to increase self-efficacy. There's no pharmaceutical, there's no drug to actually make this happen. But the things that I'll be sharing with you this week, tomorrow and on Wednesday, will help you pick one or two things that will then enable you to actually make that happen. So we're gonna be talking about that a little bit further tomorrow and the next day. Now, give me a second while I turn off my 95 degree fan. (laughs) I'm back. <laughs> I keep my heater at like 95 degrees, and um, it's turning on, and it sounds like it's an industrial, so I want to make sure you guys can hear me. So I invite you to join me again tomorrow and the next day so we can talk a little bit further of how you can increase your self-efficacy. Obviously, I shared with you today that we're integrating a meditation to help us with this. Now, one of the things that you can do is actually join us for March's Collective at Satori Wellness and Spirituality. This entire month, we are working on detoxification and purification. So you can join us for this month's collective. We will be integrating a spring equinox rebirthing class. We're working on a five-day juice and yogi Yogi tea cleanse right before the equinox we have an amazing astrologer this month intuitive astrologer reiki master lupe terrones who's, be, who's going to be hosting a, a new moon circle on the 13th on saturday as well as you can of course join us for the swc work this entire month we're going to be talking about beautifying the body radiant skin cleansing purging everything that has to do with increasing our own level of ability to know that we can and impact and change our lives so you have until march 3rd that is this wednesday just until this wednesday to join us for the for these uh classes and the reason is is because they're strategically aligned specifically to get us to a specific end result at the end of the month so it's very difficult for someone to just come in in the middle of the month and try to adapt into anything last month if you were with me We healed and worked on sacred relationships. And can I just tell you that all of my relationships completely changed into the highest frequency. I I, I mean, it was dark and out of the soul type of situation, but with all of the energy where we were doing, I just didn't even know I had more work to do within relationships. And the circle, full home, full home. And that's what we do every month at Satori. We specifically pick an energetic theme that then will align us to a specific result. And this month we're doing detoxification and purification. So all of the classes will include that. So the calendar, you can actually look at a preview inside of my stories. I also posted it inside of our group, so you can join us there. And you have until March 3rd, that is Wednesday before 6 p.m. To join us for this month's collective and the monthly membership covers all of the classes that I shared with you right here and they're including the uh, detoxes the rebirth workshop and also our astrologer who's going to be doing an awesome class this month too Lizzie says yes I'm looking forward to have what I can't even read that aloud did she just say I'm looking forward to have a baby okay we're gonna have to talk about this on Friday Lizzie you sort of said that the other day, but I was like, "Mm, she's just kidding. This girl wants to purify so she can have a baby. Oh my God. Okay. We're going to have to talk about that. Lizzie says, this is aligning for me perfectly. Follow your intuition always a hundred percent. And you'll be able to follow your intuition more when you're cleared, detoxed and purified. So it's going to help you tremendously. But yeah, if you're planning to have a baby like Lizzie over here, because I think that's what she put there as an emoji. I was like, Diavelo ah. so, uh, yeah, is going to be an auntie again. And also this is going to help you tremendously. So March 3rd is your last day, ladies. Veronica Berrigan, I am, forward slash three-step framework. You'll be able to find out more about the uh, SWC method. And Christina says, how exciting, Lizzie. Yes, we're excited for you, Lizzie. I didn't think she was serious. She told me about it probably three weeks ago and I was like nah she's just saying that but it looks like she's gonna do it ladies she's gonna do it so of course you all know if you're having problems getting pregnant the first thing you need to do is cleanse (laughs) so this is gonna be very 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 perfect yes congratulations well Lizzie just like dropped one on us today what the heck look at that so much cleansing yes so much cleansing so uh, check, out the, check out the link in the um, bio as well, if you're on Instagram, uh, to get a better idea of what we're doing this month. And if you want to join us again, make sure you join us before the third. And uh, you can also send me a DM. I can just send you the link if it's easier for you. A lot of people hate those little link tree things. And, and so I can totally understand making sure I didn't forget anything. Nope, we're good. Okay. So then that means that tomorrow we're going to continue the uh, conversation. Obviously today we talked a little bit about how to increase your self-efficacy through meditation. Two other ways that we're going to be looking at tomorrow, very important also that I was that I learned and integrated through my training this last four weeks. So join me again tomorrow at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And as you all are seeing, I'm actually coming on a little bit closer to 10 a.m. So this is my commitment for this week. So thank you ladies for being here. We'll talk a little bit more about this subject matter tomorrow. And I hope that you all are enjoying this beautiful newness of March. This is gonna be a beautiful month. And you yourself go within, check in with your body. This is a time really to, to start the cleansing process now so that when the equinox does come, we can reap and receive all of the miracles. Christina says, always love this together. Thank you. We always love you being here, Christina. Thank you so much for being here. Like I said, I'll be uh, making sure I try to get on here at 10 a.m. exactly every single time this week. Hold me accountable. That's what I should have done inside of my uh, accountability group. Be on time 10 (laughs) a.m. live, but there were other things that I needed to cleanse from, believe me i am feeling very excited for this month diane heck yeah me too and we have the support of each other i was a little scared not gonna lie to you ladies on uh, purging on, on letting go of what i was gonna let go this month i didn't want to but uh and now that i have uh now that i hear all of you uh i'm motivated i'm inspired and i know that i can do it so we can all do it ladies join us in the collective march 3rd is the last day so make sure you click on the link in the bio I'll see you all tomorrow, 10 a.m. Mountain Center time. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the second component, second component of self-efficacy. 10 a.m. Mountain Center time. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sovereign Woman Movement Show podcast episode. Let's continue the conversation by joining me in my free training on how to heal emotionally and awakening spiritually, where I share with you my exact three-step framework, the SESWC method on how to take your sovereignty back. So click on the link below and pick a time that works best for you. Also, follow me on Instagram at Veronica Bear Again, I am, and also in our community page at Sovereign Woman Movement. I look forward in connecting with you there. Satnam.